Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. He's back. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The first half of the show. He's back. You don't have to hear him just on the intro anymore. And also in a safari hat. Or at least, I don't even know what you call those hats. It's not Crocodile Dundee. It's not it's a vacation hat, baby. It is a vacation hat. Yeah, he is Panama still. Panama Jack. <laughs> he is still ready for the sun. There are no rays getting into him today. <laughs> Wes Bryant, Walker Mail, Josh Fitty Marlowe. Now he has to take the title after Wes and Walker. He did, Wes, when you were gone. Uh-huh. I'm sure you're not surprised. But he did propose the idea of it becoming the one Fiddy and Walker show. But then he also said, all right, but now in all seriousness, when Wes comes back, maybe because I've helped out a little bit now that we're six months into this thing, Wes and Walker with Fiddy and that being the official title. I knew he he was going to try to exploit it to some type of degree. I knew he would. If you're going to be gone for three consecutive days and that kind of goes in a week's worth of time yeah. you know he's going to pull a power move or attempt definitely it. that's why you can't trust him that's right you know but look Shitty. the guy that'll stab you right in the back as soon as you turn around <laughs> you know the, the the instrumental to the show open is the three kings it just feels like two kings in a night because my name's not on the show like but i would i think knights are cool you could be a knight I'm um, gonna start calling you Sir Fitty. Plus, it, it's Mike the Knight had his own cartoon. Bryce used to watch. It. Well, and plus, it's a very cool little movement on a chessboard. So I think that's <laughs> they've got a lot of stuff working for you. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate being called a knight. How was a vacation for you, Wes? Taking some time off, just a little bit to go on a cruise. You're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem like the vacation has left you, despite you leaving the vacation. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? First ever cruise for me. Uh, took the carnival joint out of Charleston, went to Bimini out in the Bahamas. So it was uh, interesting to say the least. Drove out on a Thursday morning quite early, got on the boat, and I was just hanging out, a lot of eating, a lot of drinking, a lot of uh, carousing, as you would expect. Okay. And, uh, it was it was pretty cool hanging out mm-hmm. with the old lady, and, uh, you know, we had a good time. Okay. So we're going to have to dive a little deeper into this, because <laughs> I did reference your 12-hour access to Wi-Fi on this trip. Yeah, yeah. 24-hour access to Wi-Fi. You relayed the message. You spent some of that time texting both of us in the Three Kings group chat. I did. To say that you met Todd Gurley. I did. And it was uh, an interesting text (laughs) that you had to us because you basically tuned in for a little bit. Yeah. Hey, we met Todd Gurley. Didn't seem like the experience was all that great. No. And then we kind of moved on from there. I say with that, we start with that story and then <laughs> see where that path, uh, path takes us. Let's do it right now. Pull up to the scene. Open up the doors, Fiddy. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! North Carolina high school legend. Yes. 
Rams legend, at least for a second, one of the better running backs we've seen, at least single-season campaigns uh-huh. in the last decade or so. You met this guy on the cruise. I you did. shared a boat together. <laughs> what was that experience like, Wes? Yeah, man, it was, it was wild. So, for one, uh, one of my old coaches at Wake Forest was also on the boat, so that was pretty cool. K.J. Henry's father, Coach Keith oh, Henry. okay. He was Very on cool. there as well. But we're sitting there one day, hanging out down on the uh, the deck where the pool was, and uh, I think we were getting a drink. And so I turn around, and I look into the kids' pool section, and he gets up, and you know the dreads, and he, he's a very thick guy, muscles. So I said, <laughs> I said, wait a minute. I said, is that Ty Gurley? And my girl has no clue who that is. But in my mind, I said, is that Ty Gurley? So I said, I said that's got to be him. I said, I'm going to go up and say something to him. Because we were just talking about him a few days prior yeah. because they had an old Georgia game on, and we were talking about how dominant he was. So I go up to him, man. I'm like, what's up, man? You Ty Gurley? And then he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you know, man, I said, I-, I was glad to meet you, man. You know what I'm saying? I said, uh, I said, I was a fan of yours back when you played. You know, you were a great player. And he's just like, yeah, okay, yeah. Not even turning around to look at me, to acknowledge me, to say anything. I said, yeah, man. I said, we would just uh, ask him, was he out there with his family and stuff? He's like, yeah. Then I was like, well, um, I said, yeah, man. I said, we were watching an old game of yours on uh, TV the other day in the studio, man. And we were talking about what a great player you were, man. And he's like, oh, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> but at that point, I'm just like, all right, dog. Uh, you know, it was nice to meet you. He's like, all right, all right. Yeah. But I just I, I just couldn't believe it, man. It, a guy like that, I'm coming up showing love. You know what I'm saying? And then you just treat me like I'm the gum under your shoe. <laughs> and so I try to give people the benefit of the doubt and be like, you know, you never know what he could be going through that day or whatever the case may be. Or is he... Still upset, you know, me bringing up old football memories because, you know, he has yeah. the arthritic knees and maybe he kind of looks at what his career could have been. Because I told my girl, I said, this guy was on his way to a yellow jacket if he would have kept playing. So I just thought that was just really douchebaggish of him <laughs> to uh, to treat somebody like that. Because I'm like, for what, dude? Like, it doesn't cost you anything to be nice to people, man. But you think because you made a couple of dollars or whatever the case may be that... Um, you can treat people like that. So I, I didn't think that was very cool of him. Yeah, a, a real, a real dismissive encounter yeah. with one of the running back greats that we had seen in later, SEC history. And he would up to me or whatever when I see him later. He's like, oh, "What's up, man?" I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Nah, it's too late." So he you gave you a little smoke. bit of the time of day, a little bit later. Yeah, but I was like, "Nah, dog, too late. You getting this smoke come Wednesday?" Maybe he caught wind that there was another celebrity on the cruise, <laughs> and he was like, "Wait, oh no, did maybe I just he dis- did." Did I just dismiss a Charlotte sports radio legend? Yeah. Just through six yeah, months man. of time on the air. Dismissing a Queen City icon, man. It'll get you to smoke on a mic. That's right. And, and I mean, did you wear the hat when you went up to yeah, him? Yeah, I had the hat on. Uh, and and he still did. The hat See? did not really come off much on the boat. <laughs> I'm glad it's still here, to be honest <laughs> with you. I like Wes living his best life with this with this sun hat, where he's just going all across the board. And he's Notice even I'm coming about into two to three shades darker. As well. Well, I'm going to tell you, Wes, that. that's not anything that that's I would ever say. That's not something that you would probably mm-hmm. say, but yeah. you could, though. We have that type of. It's totally fair. But if I'm not going to say it off the air, I'm damn sure not going <laughs> to say I'm it looking, on the air. I'm training camp status right now, man. My mom, I remember when she first came to see me at Florida mm-hmm. or anytime during training camp. Once you're out there in that sun, man, but I remember Florida most distinctly. I'd gone about three and a half weeks with no haircut, and I was about three shades darker from being out there in that <laughs> sun, man. So. 
That's where I'm at with it right now. I got the the big tan. Um, we did get a tweet in from E West D100. Hey West, did you eat the escargot dinner on the boat? Uh, they did not have escargot, but they did have a lot of food. I've definitely been back on my grind. The clean eating is going to pick up because I don't know if you've ever have you been on a cruise before. I've never been on a cruise. Okay, no. so. Uh, when you go on the cruise, you have the options of getting two appetizers, two entrees, and dessert. So, because they give you like fancy restaurant type portions, mm-hmm. so they're not very big. And so you can get two of each. And so we got two of each every night for dinner. <laughs> so people have talked about how the food is the best thing on cruise. It is, man. It's really good because you do have the buffet options. Uh, at all meals as well. And then mm-hmm. you can choose whether you want the late dinner or the early. We chose the late dinner, so we ate it at like 8 o'clock. So you could imagine how hungry you would be waiting till 8 o'clock, especially if you eat lunch at like 1 o'clock or something like that. Mm-hmm. But all of the options that were included were really good as well, including the Gaffieri hamburger stand, really good smash burgers oh, okay. they had there. That was good. Uh, the buffet was pretty good as well. It's just so many people. It was 3,000 passengers on the boat. You go to get food. There's people everywhere. You got to find somewhere to sit. That, that was probably the most annoying thing on the boat, just how many people it was. But they had great bands. They had great stuff at night uh, that you could check out. Um, they just had a lot of stuff to do. Did a little gambling. Okay. That didn't work <laughs> out. I think you would have talked a little more how, how gambling worked <laughs> out for you. You know, somebody actually on the boat hit 10,000 on the slots on a one dollar bet that was crazy I oh lost, that is crazy yeah i lost 60 bucks that's uh, not bad i'll tell you what if you get out of there only losing 60 bucks <laughs> yeah there is nobody that's gonna have any sympathy for you i got that's as high as uh 28 dollars that i won and then I, I i lost it all then so you're just playing slots yeah the then my girl both got sucked into the uh the games on the boat where you're trying to win things through the um like when you try to get the thing to cut the string, to drop down the prize, and try it for the PS4. She tried for some. Oh, I know headphones. you're talking about. Then they have in the casino the ultimate lure, uh, money, where you can try to do things to knock down money. They had 2,500 stacks, 5,000 stacks. Then they had the one that had the claw, where they had money just uh, wrapped up in plastic <laughs> that you could try to get the claw to come down and get. And one guy came oh so close. Uh, it pulled it up about halfway and then it dropped it. All right, so we have a few texts to get to. When we were talking about Fiddy trying to pull a power move by putting his name on the title of the show, <laughs> Spaceman wrote in the Fiddy Show with special guest Weston Walker. Oh, that, love that. Spaceman wants to hear that. Brian said it makes sense that Fiddy would be the knight on a chessboard because my man just keeps taking L's. It's a great insult. <laughs> it's a great insult from Brian. Logo seven hundred four. He wrote in. Mama Brian told you all to treat Fiddy better, put his name into the show. So a couple of people trying to come to Fiddy's defense. Here are some cruise texts. Heat fan said, first cruise gang. Just went on my first one two weeks ago to Cozumel, Mexico. Okay. So Heat fan wrote that in. Um, uh, 980 said, Todd Gurley probably just lost a lot in the casino. And so he's still <laughs> a little he frustrated. Did. Maybe he did. And especially if it's Todd Gurley money, you might be dealing a little bit more. That's so. why I said I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, man. Mm-hmm. But don't be a douche. Carolina Brink said, I've been on over 18 cruises. Mm. I love it. 18 cruises is a lot. Um, Logo704 also wrote in, Cam Newton ignored me at the movie theater when I said hello one time. <laughs> 
look, you're going to have different experiences with different athletes. I out think there. you like it though, Walker, especially being able to go out and look at the water. The, the illest part though is just when you're out there, man, and you see nothing for miles and miles and miles on the water, and you're just like, man, what if something happens out here? Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing. It's a little scary. Nothing. When you don't see any <laughs> land whatsoever. How much fish did you see? Did you see any fish and think of We me? did not. We did not, <laughs> man. Oh, I did though, actually, in Bimini, you know, the water was clear. So I saw three fish that were transparent. Okay. Rolling through the water. It was pretty dope. I don't know what that is. Um, but yeah, I can go, I can get my research I'm gonna team on it. look it up and see if I can see. Get my scientist uh, research on it. Mike B, he wrote in uh, Karma for Wes. I tried to speak to him at a Hornets game one time. He was working for him out in the arena. Dude put the snub on me. So oh, girl, he gives it back. Come on. Did you put the snub on somebody? If I did, I didn't hear you. But there was nobody <laughs> that came up to that desk that said, What's up, that I ignore. Either that or on, it would be, B. you know, the big crowds after the game that they're right behind. So if you're trying to speak to me through that, yeah, I can't hear you. But no, man, I would never intentionally snub somebody. I'll say this. I'm sorry, man. So I will say this. When we're out doing shows, and I have to imagine when you're on the air doing a Hornet show last year, it's somewhat similar to us doing a radio show with somebody trying to come up to us. We're on the air. Yeah. That happens so often. We'll be on the air. And somebody will try to say, hey, what's up? How are you doing? Man, I love listening to your show. We're so appreciative. It's fantastic. I also really can't go through that process during the 12 minutes and beyond that we're on the air speaking to the people of Charlotte. And so when we're on a break and I got the headset off, hell yeah, man, shake my hand. I will be glad to talk it up with you a ton. I take that seriously. But when we're on the air, people I think will be like, oh man, you know, they're giving me the cold shoulder. So usually... You're snob daddy. Well, usually we're supposed to have the dynamic producer, Fiddy, help us out in those instances. But Fiddy, I will call you out in very big retrospect. There are times we're out on remote where you just let those people come up to us and try to talk and you're just sitting on your phone i'm sure tech uh checking out max box scores or something and then like that's that. another chess move for him because then people will say how much they hate us and he'll just try to get the people yeah. to anoint him this is uncalculated yeah, you try is. to this is what you do for the power poll this is exactly what you're doing can you explain yourself i mean look i'm a i'm a people person i like talking to people i like meeting new people i like meeting my fans so yeah you know should, should i probably keep them away from you guys Sure. Or just talk them up. But just understand that if I'm keeping them away from you, they're coming to me, and you'll get more and more texts pressuring you guys to put my name on the show. All right. Exactly. He put and us he in probably, a catch-22. And he probably uh, bad-mouths us to the fans. Too, He's like, yeah, those guys. There he goes. Like, we, have, we have our headsets on. We can't hear. So he probably is. He's yeah. I'm sure he's saying one thing to us. Especially and if they heard my else. mom's call. He's like, you heard Wes's own mom <laughs> yeah, that's right. say what she said. It's his own flesh and blood yeah. saying that we need to treat Fiddy better. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine that? Right. Oh, Wes, great job. Good first segment, Walker. Right. Excellent. <laughs> no, nah, and Fiddy doesn't even do that. He talks trash. <laughs> straight to our face. It's Wes and Walker. The West part is back on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We do have some Charlotte Hornets conversation to get to. We saw the first Summer League game take place a couple of days ago. You have Summer League game number two in the California Classic tonight. And also, we still don't have any word on P.J. Washington. Rumors are ramping up, though, that he might be going to Dallas. Is that true? What's the possibility of that happening? We're going to discuss it coming up next. Once again, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. 
Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Feel free to text in, share your thoughts, share your comments at 704-570-9610. I don't know if we want to go down this road just because I don't want to call out any specific athletes. Maybe there's some athletes in the local area, but it seems some of the people on the text line have taken mm-hmm. this opportunity to talk about their worst athletes. That's snubs. a good that is a good cuz to my experience, that was my first time with that ever happening. An athlete snub? Really? The first time? Yeah, man. I oh, Wait, no, I take that back. Well, but. I mean, and you're an athlete, too. So you've been there as an offensive lineman, yeah. even though you're not a current right. offensive lineman, but still. Yeah, yeah. No, I've, I mean, I guess I could say my first time as far as me getting to actually speak to one. Mm-hmm. And then they just act like you're just not even important enough to look at. Who was it? Who was your first time you you thought? No, that's what I said. Gurley was the first oh, okay. one I had extended convo with. Right. I, I don't want to share. I'll tell you during the break. Okay. The, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, this is <laughs> this is the thing, though. Like, this is exactly what I was talking about, just being a little hesitant. We'll share some of them, though. Uh, Duke David wrote, my worst snub was when I went, uh, went to Atlanta Braves spring training back in the day. We stayed in the hotel with Braves players and staff. Skip Carey, straight snub to my buddy and I. I even stuck out my hand and he walked by. Oh. Yeah, poor Skip Carey. Uh, Kevin Millwood, Braves pitcher, appreciated that we were from his home state and invited us to hang out one night. So Kevin Millwood, not in that category. Bessemer City's best, right, is Kevin Millwood. I remember going to play there one time, seeing his name in the basketball gym, because I feel like he was a really good high school basketball Mm. player as well. So, Or Hunter Huss. Was it Hunter Huss? Hunter Huss, that's where my, uh, my mom and my uncle went. All right, I'm trying to think between those two. Either way, good for Kevin Millwood. Skip Carey, well... At least that's, you know, he's gone now. So Skip Carey is not going to be that guy. He's in St. Louis now. Yeah, he is. I've also heard bad stuff about Chipper Jones. I don't know if any Braves fans can echo mm, that. Yeah. I could see that 100%. I mean, like a guy named Chipper, he's just got to be <laughs> happy at all times, right? <laughs> yeah, it is It is funny. I never thought about that. Chipper not being so chipper. Yeah, instead <laughs> an angry dude and not so inviting to anybody that would hang out with him. Um, so there are a couple of other ones. Yeah, like I, this feels weird because I don't know what kind of days they were going through. And so we're just kind of calling them out. Yeah. Patrick in Huntersville, he talked about Allen Iverson one time. I've, hey, I can second that. I've seen him do that to someone else. Okay. Also, Allen Iverson walks around South Park all the time and snubs everyone. Super awkward. But this is the thing, though, to defend AI, AI, larger than life figure when he was playing in his prime in the sure. NBA. You're talking about a cultural icon in the NBA that also won a damn MVP award. Mm -hmm. So then when you even take the exact words from Patrick, snubs everybody all the time, that's because everybody's trying to talk to him. The dude's just trying to get a shop on. Yeah, but yeah. What do you do? Because see, no, but I I think that's part of the trappings of who you are. If you don't like the fact that people are going to acknowledge you in public, 
then don't accept the checks, don't accept the endorsements, don't oh, accept this yourself is leading on to a different no, combo. But it, no, but it, but it is though because you have to understand. Just like when me and you are out and people say what's up to us and stuff like that, I'm very nice and accommodating to them as well. Now, granted, it's not on the scale of some of those guys, but also this is what you signed up for, and like. Your grandma, your mom would say, it doesn't cost you anything to be nice, man. You can say, what's up, man? Even if you don't shake hands, you can just be like, what's good, man? Do a little gesture to him or something like that. When everybody comes up to you, though, and it takes hours and hours that. and hours to complete simple trips, I'm going to be sympathetic to that. Sure, I don't want everybody to be so mean to yeah. fans of theirs. But also, if it everything is a chore, now I'm not saying that it's a hard life for Allen Iverson. <laughs> Don't come at me for, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, they make millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Just saying it would probably be pretty annoying when you have to go through that lifestyle all you, the time. But, but shouldn't you expect that, though, if you're Allen Iverson, you say, okay, I'm about to go to Concord Mills. You're an NBA icon. You're not just a role player, whatever the case may be. You know when you decide to go out in public like that, you know what's coming with it. Uh, trash man said Millwood, Bessemer City, Chris Lang, Hunter Huss. And yes, thank you. Chris Lang is, hold on. All right, we need to stop real yeah, quick. Yeah, Chris Lang played against my high school in high school. Did he really? Yes. Beast. Why did you go, oh, God? I mean, do you not know Chris Lang's reputation in the in the Carolina faithful? I know that oh, Chris I know I that did. Chris Lang posting up and going side dunk on the side part of the rim was one of my favorite things watching back with those <laughs> 2000 heels. He's he might be the best the best example of a guy who peaked as a freshman. Mm. Well, I don't you're saying that he just wasn't very good. Yeah, I mean, he was, you know, like one of his his best like one of his calls to fame is being the leader of an eight and 20 basketball team. I remember he okay. gave my Cougars forty. Wait, no, you can't. You can't just put that storyline because it was all about Jason Capel being that guy. But now it's Chris Lang because he's a part of the conversation. Which one is it? <laughs> oh no, it's both of them. And I mean, also, you know, since we're going down this road, okay, I've got a feud with Chris Lang. All right, you have a feud with Chris well, Lang. It's kind of a personal thing, you know, because I, I, I'm friends with him on Facebook. And he's big in like the the workout, like he has a basketball facility like in the Belmont area or something like that. Well, I tried bringing him on the critically acclaimed Four Corners <laughs> podcast. Oh my! Multiple God. times and scheduled the, the the interviews to bring him on. He has some things that he wants to get off his chest about because I've seen him go after Carolina fans. Like I, I'm on Facebook, I've seen these arguments. Given him the platform to explain himself. Talk about all the things that he's doing well in the basketball world. How gracious of you. And the guy's blown me off like three or four times. So he hasn't come on your podcast, and now he was the front runner for an eight-win basketball team. That's a legitimate gripe, though, man. Don't don't hit me up and tell me you're going to do something, and then you don't do it. I'm, so he I'm kept telling you that Joshua. he was going to do it. There's like three or four times where I was like, you know what? I'll reschedule, work around your schedule. Cool, because I'm. that's the kind of host I am. I, I want to give this guy <laughs> the opportunity to explain himself, and he just he kept blowing me off. Um, Chris Lang, was a, I thought he was good. Yeah, as a I, freshman. Well, I mean, hold on now. I mean, he was, even his junior and senior year, he was good. At least if you go back and look at the stats. Chris Did it Lang, translate to winning? Well, he was a part of a Final Four team. As a freshman, though. No, he wasn't. Not the final. Well, two two times, I guess, because he went to the final four also in 2000 when they lost eventually to Florida. He was on that team. Okay. 
So, I mean, he went to the Final Four twice, was an eight and a half. His worst season was eight and a half. I did not realize I would be defending Chris Lang, especially to he a heel fan. He statistically peaked, though, for his senior year. He did have a nice senior year, 14 points, six boards. 704, Tar Heel fan here. Chris Lang sucks. Okay, but you have to spell Chris Lang's name right if you're going to say That's that. That's a fair point. But <laughs> so, I mean, come on. Focus we on what I'm focusing on. We all know it's a K for Chris Lang. If you're going to be out here spelling it C-H, then come on, man. Like we, you gotta, you gotta get real here. Uh, Seven oh four. Look, you're getting some defense. I did not realize it was like that. Uh, mm. Put it on the poll. Did you know Chris Lang was a hated Tar Heel? News to me. Didn't know it was like that. But we have some people writing in how horrible he was. I wonder if these are Duke fans writing that in because <laughs> they're not gonna like Chris Lang either. So interesting stuff. Uh, let's get to some Charlotte Hornets talk. We have a lot of texts coming in on yes, Chris Lang, athlete snub. Set it off. You really did. Uh, I did want to talk about how we still have no word on P.J. Washington and what he's going to do. But a couple of days ago, Wes, rumors started to ramp up, partly because of what we saw on social media, Mm -hmm. that P.J. might be going to the Dallas Mavericks. So it seemed like he changed his bio to have his location set to Dallas, Texas. I know that there are big time stories going on with the Locked On Mavericks podcast that P.J. Washington's trainer apparently is now looking for a house in Dallas. Now, the other thing is PJ played basketball in Frisco, Texas, played high school basketball there before I think transferring to Finley prep. And so when you have PJ Washington having some kind of tie back to his home in Dallas, this is where the scales balance out, but there is still enough traction to make you raise an eyebrow and think, okay, what's going on is PJ involved in some kind of sign and trade to possibly go to Dallas. Is he in talks with the Mavericks organization to where if they're able to free up some cap space, maybe that's the way that PJ agrees to an offer sheet. Charlotte doesn't want to match it. And that's how he's going to go to the Lone Star State. Uh, PJ Washington, Grant Williams could be a replacement. He's been in the rumor mill, possibly coming to Charlotte. What do you make of the situation, Wes? Yeah, I think it's interesting, and I think, though, uh, with P.J. Washington, I said this offseason, I felt like the Hornets need to try to start to shape the identity of this team. Is P.J. Washington going to be in your big two or big three? I say no, especially with Miles Bridges coming back and you drafting Brandon Miller. So I think that he is a piece that can be moved. I know, Walker, you love the defense and you love what he brings to the table, but with the salary he's going to command, you're going to have to pay him like he He's one of your cornerstone players. I don't see him as that here, so I could easily see them moving on because Grant Williams is an established role player uh, at this point. He's not coming in here looking to get uh, a big new contract or looking to establish himself as one of the better young players in the NBA like I think P.J. Washington still is. And so I think that the Grant Williams for P.J. Washington swap, not in a straight-up trade, but as far as P.J. Washington coming out, Grant Williams coming in, I think would be uh, a good fit there if you're the Charlotte Hornet. I like the idea of bringing them both in, which the way that would be possible is if P.J. agreed to whatever contract here in restricted free agency, the Hornets matched an offer sheet or P.J. just outright decided to come back to Charlotte with their own deal. And then if Grant Williams is not pursued heavily enough, maybe Grant Williams would agree to a full uh, mid-level exception and then that would be $12.4 million. If you could get both of them, yes, it would be a crowded front court, but also you're still looking at trading Gordon Hayward. You drafted Brandon Miller. Yeah, so that you have would, to do something. That would help with having Brandon a part of this team now, playing some of that three spot. I just, to me, I, I, I've talked about this quite a bit. Me and Fiddy, you know, Fiddy is not a fan of PJ, would let him walk. 
I know you've talked a little bit about what you feel PJ means to this team. I think if you are going to build around LaMelo Ball, if you are going to build around Mark Williams, if you were to try to figure out who are the pillars of this organization, Mm -hmm. LaMelo clearly is after you gave him a Supermax extension. And Mark Williams, after needing a center for so long, finally comes in halfway through the season and does a very nice job as a rookie. Looks like he could be here for the long term. Brandon Miller, you would think he's going to be here for a long time because he was the second overall pick. Still have to see whatever. But the odds are pretty good that he's going to be here for a long time. With all of that being said, especially with LaMelo and Mark, P.J. Washington is a perfect fit. P.J. being able to stretch the floor to allow alleys for LaMelo to drive through, that's a meaningful thing, especially for someone that has not shown a consistent ability to finish at the rim. For Mark Williams, somebody that can operate in the high post, a better passer than you might think, and has some pick-and-pop ability, but is not shooting the three-ball right now, so mostly going to be camping towards the basket. P.J. Washington also stretching the floor with that 4-5 tandem. P.J. is a perfect fit with Mark Williams. So your two pillars that you feel best about right now, if you pay P.J. under $20 million, because right now it, it seems like the Hornets have a little bit of leverage, that could possibly be here. So if PJ gets 15 to 18 million per season, that's worth it because especially this too, a guy with his skill set, that contract is not going to be untradeable. There's going to be a bunch of teams that are willing to trade for a PJ Washington that is a 3 and D type of player. You're going to see that out there. That's why I've always been a fan of bringing him back, not because I think he is the third best player on a championship contender, but PJ allows those two three guys to be the best versions of themselves while he does all of the dirty work and the other role player stuff. You can see that a lot more evidently two years ago when he was among five players that were playing guards, forwards, even centers, being the fifth best defender when he was the closest defender to any of these people shooting. Um, He was held guys to 42% when he was the closest defender, fifth best in the NBA a couple of years ago. That's my reason that I think it would be best to bring PJ back. And if you could bring Grant Williams back too, outside help, that'd be great. Yeah, and I know you bring up the the fact that you would be able to trade the content because I'm just thinking beyond this year because it's like, okay, if you bring him and pay him 20, then you, like I said, LaMelo uh, is getting ready to re-up. Of course, you're going to pay him. Uh, but then you got Brandon Miller there as well, just not from a salary standpoint, but just development. He's going to be one of your guys. And then Miles Bridges signs the one-year deal. Let's keep it real. If he comes back and he plays near the level that he was or better than when he left, the Hornets are going to give him a max contract. And then you look at P.J. Washington and at some point, okay, if you want to keep him for the now, if you feel like you can really make some hedgeway with him, because soon that money will have to be allocated to somebody like a Mark Williams uh, or someone of the like. So I think that for P.J., in my opinion, I do feel like as far as a basketball fit, I think he works, but still the inconsistency with him as well. You're talking about him being a stretch four, and as I said, I think he still wants to prove that he's one of the better players in the league to maximize those dollars. Uh, I, I just think that he would be better suited to be uh, in another uniform. All right, let's go to the text line, 704-570-9610. The Oracle wrote in, PJ has already deleted his Hornets info on Twitter and changed it to Dallas. I think PJ is going to be a maverick. Yeah, we talked a little bit about 
the the changing his bio on Twitter. Maybe that could just be the fact that he's in Dallas because he has ties to the area. Brian said, give me Grant over PJ. Yeah, PJ averaged better on the stat line, but Grant brings leadership and a get-right culture that isn't always available. Well, okay, but this is also somebody that got played out of the rotation deeper into the postseason. He was a good regular season guy. but That felt more like a a Missoula thing, though, than a him thing. True. Should have played Grant more, but also... Because when he played in the Miami series, when he started playing, what happened? They got back in the series. Yeah, that's fair. But also, Grant Williams, despite playing as much as he did in the regular season, he is a very good spot-up shooter from the corner three. I did like that a lot. But he just can't do as much stuff. Like he, If you talk about shooting, he's a good shooter. But he can't do as much stuff offensively as P.J. If you like connectivity, if you like somebody having the ability to a little bit to put the ball on the floor, then P.J. is going to help. And defensively, if we're not wanting to get as small, well, P.J.'s taller than Grant, too. So saving, mil- saving what? Around $4 million? Something like that doesn't seem like great business to me. You know, the thing I like, though, is, is he's a part of a winning culture, which is something that the Hornets right now don't have. You got a guy that's been on a roster that went to the finals, that went to the game seven of the Eastern Conference finals. What he what he maybe doesn't bring on the court, he'll bring off the court and how you prepare, how, how to be a professional, which yeah, is something like that, that P.J. Washington too. doesn't have. Okay, that that's all fair. I, I would like for him to be on here a part of P.J., but also it's like, is it just as easy as going to get a rotation player from Boston because everybody has been in the finals before? Like, we see guys that aren't nearly as good when they move on to a different organization because the organization isn't as good. And so it's like, okay, well, we brought Grant. Why aren't we competing in the championship? Well, it's just because well, well, all you got to do is just go get a rotation I, guy from any conference well, final scene. <laughs> no, I, I think that, that Grant Williams is a solid player, but I do agree with Fiddy on the intangibles too because the thing I, I noticed or the thing that came to my mind when I was watching them in the summer league is this. The Hornets have no culture. Like they have nothing to hearken upon to lean on when when things get thick. They don't have anything to say, hey, we're built on this. Like I was comparing them in my mind to the Panthers and saying how the Panthers, you know, built on the the keep pounding mantra, running the football defense, different things like that. The, the Hornets don't have that and they need some culture. And so I think that is something that Grant Williams could bring in. Uh, a winning culture that the mentality that he brings over from Boston and what he learned so far, I think this roster could use a huge infusion uh, of that. I mean, that's fair. Didn't we do this with Terry? Yeah. <laughs> but Terry didn't. He didn't Came go to the, the heights. Organization. But he didn't go to the heights that Grant Williams did. He hadn't been to the finals. He hadn't been to the conference finals. Played in meaningful postseason basketball. Well, he was in the game. conference finals. He just didn't go to the NBA finals, but he did go to the conference finals. Okay, well, I stand corrected, but. Uh, I, yeah, that's fine. Like, I, I think he would help. I This is the thing. I, I like Grant. I would like player. to have him alongside instead of this being an either-or thing. If Grant came back home, that would be fun. It's going to be an either-or thing, though, isn't it? Um, We'll see. It depends on how much longer we play this thing out and if Grant would agree to the mid-level exception. That's really the, the factor here. We can get to some more text. Do we have time to go to a Fitty Flash? You got a quick one for us? Sure. All right, let's do it. Fitty Flash coming up now. It's all right to be little Fitty. All right, guys, you mentioned the Summer League, and that's where our flash takes us. The NBA is going to test an in-game flopping penalty during the Summer League this year, a flop, which, of course, will be determined by the refs, will be penalized by awarding the opposing team one free throw and possession of the ball. The player who commits the flop will be assessed an unsportsmanlike technical foul 
which will not count towards personal fouls or lead to an injection. To a, a, to a injection. Yeah, don't lead to an injection. I don't know what's being injected, but that doesn't sound very good. I think that's going to be interesting. It that's would fix be a so, lot of problems. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Wes. No, I was just saying, I think that's going to be very interesting to see how they officiate this and just to see how upset players are going to get about it. I'm sorry. I can't get past it. I like the idea. If you want to fix things, then have the penalty be an injection of something. That would be the problem, and nobody will have any problems anymore. All right, let's move on. Let's try to get back on track. It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Campus Corner coming up next. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit up that text line 704-570-9610. We're back on the social medias. WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram. Walker Mail on Twitter and Instagram. HCB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram. And Wes Bryant underscore 72 on Twitter and Instagram. Hit that follow button. And we've got the behind the scenes access. We're back rolling. We might have been off for a couple of days, but we're back. Okay. All right, so it's time for the campus. All right, Pro Football Focus's ACC Power Rankings came out. And just to let you know, folks, the top five were Clemson, Florida State, Pittsburgh at three, North Carolina at four, surprisingly, my Demon Deacons at five, NC State came in at seven, Duke at eight. The disrespect continues. <laughs> and then dead last, just to let the people know, Boston College is picked to be dead last. What are your thoughts so far on the power rankings? Any surprises for you or anything that you thought was status quo or whatever you may feel? All about right. You? So I'm with you. I, I've been with you on the whole Duke yes. continues to be disrespected thing. Mm-hmm. My question is NC State at number seven. Yeah. That seems low. That's been a good enough football program where I do feel like at least overall expectations, maybe not game in and game out, because we know that NC State will pull the quote-unquote NC State thing and lose to a team that they should beat and have the surprising loss because that's just what Wolfpack fans have become accustomed to. But we also know that they've earned the benefit of the doubt and why some teams have come in to try to poach Dave Doran off of campus over there in Raleigh. Number seven seems low, Wes. Can you make sense of NC State being number seven? Well, I think they've lost a, a decent amount of guys on defense, especially when you talk about those linebackers more. And uh, my man, oh, what was his name? Peyton Wilson? No, Peyton Wilson's still there. But okay. my other man, um, oh, God, he was so good. 
He was a smaller linebacker. But I'll, we'll have to get our uh, yeah, he I'm in the 30s. But anyway, but Peyton Wilson's the only guy back from that great linebacking quarter they had. Aiden White's been getting a lot of pub, though, as far as uh, preseason hype as being one of the better DBs out there. But they did take a lot of losses there offensively, too. You just don't see the skill, talent. Jordan Houston's a solid back, but nobody's going to be coming out there shaking in fear of him. Brennan Armstrong has got a lot to prove uh, this year as well. And then you look out there on the edges at the wide receiver position. I know Porter Rooks is a Charlotte kid, came out with a ton of hype, but he hasn't done a lot so far either. So this is just a team as far as skill talent. We know offensively last year, these guys struggled to get to 28 points, 24 points per game. So I think that's what they're looking at. They lost a lot of guys off that defense that was so good last year. And then you're talking about an offense that is uh, pedestrian and looks that way on paper. As far as what I see so far, I mean, the Clemson FSU thing, we know that they're going to be trading out one and two, but Pittsburgh at three, I think is still a program. I think that's pretty high for them, especially when you talk about Phil Jakovic's going to be their quarterback who hasn't done really anything, and he's been to about 10 different schools uh, <laughs> at this point. So I don't see anything there. The Tar Heels at four, uh, I don't have a problem with that. Like Wake at five. And then, as we said, when you look down there, now Miami at nine is a surprise because that's a team a lot of people are on right now, thinking that Crystal Ball is going to get that crew uh, back going. And so, and then I guess the other thing would be Virginia sitting there at 12. I wonder, is Tony Elliott at some point going to be able to get them going? But I know that he's still young in his tenure there. All right, so with, with these rankings still the biggest question, maybe we just focus on this for the corner. But looking at Clemson number one, always going to get the benefit of the doubt, as they should. But, again, I want to go back to you on Florida State being number two. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind North Carolina being four, if you think Pittsburgh is high at number three, Wake Forest, you said surprisingly number five. I don't know if you would rank them two, despite you being an alum. Is Florida State slotted in the right spot here in the number two uh, rankings going into the season? I could see them anywhere from two to four, but this is the thing about the league is I'm not – I will go out on a limb now and say I don't think we'll have a college football playoff participant, and I think it just depends on how it looks at the end of the year. Like Florida State could finish two with three to four losses. Uh, So that's the thing when you look at the top of this league. I think Clemson, they do have a fairly soft schedule, but I think within the league there are going to be challenges for them as well. And so I I would say with Florida State, I mean, I don't have a problem. I've got to really – I get to vote on the finish of the league come media day, so I really have to put more thought into where I want to put them. But, two, um, I can live with that as we stand right now. But as I said, I think it's not going to look like you would think a two would look as far as them maybe having 10, 11 wins and being in the top 10 at number two. I just don't think it's going to be that type of league this year. So then uh, another interesting thing that came out, was the coach ratings index that rates coaches on uh, several different categories. A star system, it's very situational based, very analytical. And so it's been graded out. When you talk about Matrix, uh, Analytical has come up with this list and they give a star grade. Matrix Analytical Solutions developed the coach rating index in 2009 and they measured them on a lot of different categories. And so when you look at this, Any surprises when I give you these names? At 10, there's Jeff Brom. 9, Josh Heupel from Tennessee. 8, Hugh Freeze. 7, Chris Kleiman from Kansas State. 6, Harbaugh. 5, Dabo. 4, Ryan Day. 3, Lincoln Riley. 2, Kirby Smart. And number 1, you guessed it, Nick. I don't think there's really anything crazy, at least in the top five, trying to keep track there. I think maybe Dabo Sweeney was – 
I think, pretty considered as the second best coach for a little while. Yes. Kirby Smart, having won a couple of championships, will fix that and put Kirby Smart at number two right behind Nick Saban. And now you said Ryan Day was number three, right? Ryan Day's four, Lincoln Riley's three. So if Ryan Day is four, Lincoln Riley's three, and Dabo falls out of the top four, I think when you talk about foundations at each of these schools, even where Lincoln was previously at Oklahoma, I'm not taking anything away from him. Watching what those guys have done, even with traditional football schools, it's extremely impressive. I don't have a huge problem. But the thing that stands out to me, if you wanted to argue Dabo still, being a perennial college football playoff contender, even in what is a down year for Clemson West, it's still crazy, right? I know you have to apply context going back further than just the last seven, ten years. But to have Clemson undergo a down year and that result in an ACC championship, Dabo, to me, still has a pretty decent case to be the second best coach in all of college football. Well, Ryan Day has not won a championship at Ohio State. When Lincoln Lincoln Riley is someone that goes from Oklahoma and then goes to USC, powerhouses that have already had a foundation set before they went there. USC went down a little bit, so maybe there's a better case for the Trojans with Lincoln Riley. But even so, man, I I think I would still, just if you wanted to go back over the last 10 years, I'd still got to go, I still have to go Dabo Sweeney number two. Preach, thank you. I'm with you 100%. The fact that Lincoln Riley, like I said, I do think he's a fantastic coach, but has not won a championship yet and has taken nothing but L's in the college football playoff, not feeling that, and then the same thing with Ryan Day taking nothing but L's. I know he beat Dabo the last time he saw him, but the last time I checked, Dabo has two blingies. We're going to bring that term back, okay? Blingy He's blingy. got two of those. Then also, when you look over the rest of this list, I also, ugh, Harbaugh as well, I would probably today put him over Ryan Day at this point with the fact of the Wolverines' dominance the last couple of matchups there. Uh, Fiddy looked to the heavens and threw his hands up. That's I don't know. fine. And no, in disgust or in... No, uh, in 100% agreement. Agree. Oh, okay. Thank you, thank you. Ryan Day might be the most overrated coach in college football the last decade. The, yeah. the guy walked into a ready-made situation and his only national championship game appearance. Now, granted, he did take down Clemson in the process, Ohio State played six games before the playoff. Wasn't even a full calendar year because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And the last two years, they've gotten wiped off the floor by Michigan in exactly. the way that they just want to play three yards in a cloud of dust. Well, that three yards in a cloud of dust dusted their ass right off the football, yep. put it out of the playoff. So, of course, they made it this year and lost to Georgia. But I, 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 I can't stand them. I'll close it with this. Ryan Day is torrent from Bring It On. He got the baton, he had the ready-made squad, and he dropped it. He couldn't win the state championship <laughs> like Torrance couldn't win it and Bring It On. And then Jeff Brown at number 10. Uh, I think that was a surprising entry as well, but I think the fact that he did so well in the Big Ten with Purdue and was able to win games there, I can't wait to see what he's going to do at Louisville. But when we return... The Carolina Panthers, we're going to check on some stocks there. Are they going up? Are they going down? This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.